Our mission is to discuss extraction, processing, business practices, and lessons learned with the established experts of the extraction process. This is Mission Supercritical, a service of Apex Supercritical, the leading CO2 extraction equipment manufacturer. Now, here to navigate our broadcast is a U.S. Navy veteran and the founder and president of Apex Supercritical, Andy Joseph. Okay, welcome to Mission Supercritical, an exclusive radio show that highlights the extraordinary individual success stories of Apex Supercriticals, more than 500 customers operating in the cannabis industry today. I'm your host, Andy Joseph, president and founder of Apex Supercritical. Thanks for joining us. Today's guest, Eric Goddard, is the assistant lab manager for Terrapin Care Station. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yep, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. So, Eric, um, you know, you uh, you're, you're you're a little bit humble here. I mean, that you're the assistant lab manager at Terrapin Care Station, but as far as I'm concerned, you're uh, you're working all the magic over there, doing some really uh, pretty incredible stuff with our our uh, Apex 5000 PSI system. Let's start a little bit with your background, though, right? So, you know, what what did you do BC before cannabis, and and how'd you kind of make the transition into the cannabis space? Um, well, education-wise, I'm a plant pathologist and environmental analyst, and uh, with profession as well and in the previous year I was down working in Jamaica helping for the US Peace Corps working for the US Peace Corps helping the nation of Jamaica write their first environmental education curriculum and during that time not on any official capacity but as an agricultural consultant in Jamaica you can't help but accidentally come across farmers that need agricultural advice that also is in line with their cannabis crop that they're already growing. And um, I came back to the United States and cannabis is a new and thriving industry here. And, you know, during that time down there, it kept on cannabis, kept raising its head and raising its head. And then I, met some local legal growers out in California and again because of my plant pathology background um, I was just able to give them some guidance on some disease problems that they were having and um, and I kept on kind of indicating that maybe cannabis was the uh, the direction that I would want to take right right so you know you, you, your, your background is interesting you know I mean you, you start out as a plant pathologist but not necessarily you know it's not like you're a you know an old hippie who smoked weed and you know all your life or that kind of stuff you, you're you know your your formal educations in plant pathology you find yourself in Jamaica through Peace Corps right yes sir and and you know while you're in Jamaica you you know, inevitably you know, you're helping helping with the Peace Corps but you inevitably run into farmers who oh by the way how do I get rid of you know this this white powdery mildew on my uh, cannabis plant material right or how do I deal with these bugs and that kind of stuff right so I mean you're 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 almost the the incidental cannabis consultant in in Jamaica incidental would be the correct word um you know because you could give the same advice on their tomato and their okra crop you know independently and not be given direct advice on their cannabis crop but they would use those same practices and they would use those same soil amendments in order to help their their crops grow better right right exactly so so you you find yourself kind of you know incidentally in the cannabis space which by the way that's how you know that's how kind of apex found itself in the cannabis space you know we we developed an extraction system that you know was primarily geared towards flavorings and and essential oils and and you know nutraceuticals natural products 
oh, by the way, it works for cannabis too, right? So, I mean, uh, there's, you know, similar paths there. And I, I think there's a, a lot of folks who are in the cannabis space today that didn't necessarily start out in cannabis, but found that there's, um, you know, a direct correlation between experience and, and what they've done that allowed them to, to transition to cannabis. And, you know, um, when people do it is, is more the, uh, the question, not necessarily uh, why. So, interesting. All right, so you, you, you spend some time in Jamaica and you find yourself back here in the U.S. Um, when, did you, when did you start doing extraction? Um, well, I moved up here to Pennsylvania um, to take residence with my girlfriend in this wonderful little town of uh, Williamsport and Jersey Shore area. And this facility that I'm working for now is opening up and right place, right time, and came in and started doing extraction that, you know, February, March. Right, right. So it's so relatively new to the extraction space. Yes, sir. Okay, so so here you are. You're in Pennsylvania. The the uh, you know assistant lab manager for Terrapin Care Station, uh, a relatively you know new program, new platform, new state. Pennsylvania has been online for, jeez, uh, what a, a year now? Maybe not even quite a year. Yes, sir. And and so you know Pennsylvania is coming online. You're you find yourself uh, you know emerged deeply in the cannabis space, but now you're doing extraction. Why why did you make the leap from the the plant growing side and the plant pathology? into extraction why not why not stay in the cultivation piece uh, that's, that's a great question um, I guess it was as necessity arose they needed a laboratory manager and I've got a lot of experience in uh, genetics laboratories due to my plant pathology experience and in that realm you can't help but um, gain some chemical knowledge and also you become very familiarized with um, intricate laboratory procedures and so with that genetic experience behind me, uh, with uh, quantitative PCR and real-time PCR, and then just standard PCR and uh, DNA and RNA, RNA extraction, it wasn't, you know, really a frightening step to step into extraction. You get your parameters right in your machine and you, you cook things like you're supposed to and away you go. Right. So, you know... Having you know, not having a ton of experience in extraction, but but having a ton of experience with you know what I'm going to call SOPs and and scientific methods, um, you know, just good good general practices for laboratories, those kind of things. You know, they, they sort of they, they blend to each other, and you know, extraction's not rocket science. Uh, it's just more being diligent and and tracking your parameters, tracking your procedures, things along those lines. So you know, here we are, here we are in Pennsylvania. You know, February kind of time frame. You start your first extraction. Let's let's talk a little bit about you know CO two um, versus some of the others. Why why did you why did you and or Terrapin Care Station decide on CO two versus some of the other options that are available out there? I think that CO two and its final product met the initial medicinal requirements that Pennsylvania regulation uh, sought after. So okay. at that time and moving forward still with a lot of our products for in the pharmaceutical range, it's, um, it made the most sense. Right, right. So CO two, you know, being being cleaner, and, and uh, you know, I'd imagine you know terrapin uh, terrapin recognizes the the cleanliness that CO two offers. Um, but you guys are using other extraction methods as well, right? Well, at that point, Brent, um, just um, CO two and ethanol for smaller batch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, at this time. 
Okay. And and what are you seeing as some of the, the key differences between the, the CO2 and the ethanol? Um, we're able to get a cleaner distillate off of the CO2. Okay. For sure. Final distillate. You're not carrying over as much chlorophyll. You're not carrying over tannins that may be pressed out of the plant. Um, some of the extraneous secondary metabolites that, that are released after the even far beyond the terpene profile that are deep within the, the plant cells, those aren't being released. So um, if you take careful control with the CO2, you get to definitely get a much cleaner extraction with less residue on the, on the back end. Right, right. And, and, you know, so ethanol has its place in the world, but it isn't necessarily on the cleanliness side. But what is the, what's the benefit to ethanol? Why, why, are, why are you doing anything with ethanol at all then? Uh, you, can, you can skip a step. And the reason we used ethanol, you know, you have to winterize after your CO2 extraction. Mm-hmm. And then in, in order to do that, then you're, you're going into ethanol. So, you know, really at that point, you're just extracting from crude versus extracting straight from the plant. But with the size of the apex unit that we have, the 20 by 20, um, it, uh, small extractions doesn't make sense. So anytime that there's a small batch, then we just use ethanol. Okay. All right. So, so not necessarily the, the, the cleanest product, but it does, does skip a, you know, the initial step of extraction. Right, you're just doing the plant extraction with ethanol, but you know the some of the challenges with ethanol that I, I, I suspect you're finding are you know the chlorophyll, the the fats and waxes, stuff like that, that you know have to be ultimately filtered out, um, either you know through through pre-filtering and and before it goes to distillation or as part of the distillation step itself. Yes. So. So let's let's focus in a little bit more here on uh, on CO two. You you mentioned you guys have a, a five thousand psi uh, twenty by twenty, um, you know, and and you know you in particular I think have, have been you know pretty impressive on some of the the range of product types and and you know different things you've been able to make that system do. Talk talk a little bit about subcritical, supercritical, and the kind of the different fractions that you're you're able to to produce in there, and and you know how useful that is. Uh, it's it's definitely useful. Um, we don't do a lot of subcritical extraction for any reason except for terpene extractions. And um, other than that, we ramp right back up and go into the supercritical phase right right after. Or sometimes mm-hmm. we've had reason a couple times. I will take that back to do some subcritical, and you can you know pull lighter on the plant and get some less fat and wax and try to um, mitigate some of the intermediate steps. So it allows for that as well. So really you get three different um, experimental processes that you can take a stab at in order to finish with a, a cleaner product on the backside. Right, right, okay. So, and, and you know, the, the, the fractions um, with, with subcritical versus supercritical, you know, I, I think it's important to, to know it, that, you know, there's, there's not just really kind of two different versions of, of CO2, subcritical and supercritical. There's really a range, right? So subcritical has an operating range and, and has some differences between them. But, you know, even more so, supercritical. There's, there's lower-end supercritical, there's higher-end supercritical, and there's supercritical in the middle, um, meaning yep. primarily, you know, pressures and, and temperatures throughout the range of supercritical can change the solvency characteristics, and you can get out different fractions. You know, if you, if you wanted to, to do a, a, you know, 100% complete extraction, get every single cannabinoid out of the plant material you possibly could, 
you can do it with a, a very high pressure, very high temperature, supercritical CO2 extraction, right? Now, whether or not you'd want to do that, that's a whole other question, but you could. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's one of the unique things. Um, as you can imagine, a, a lot of people will ask us, what's the difference between the 2,000 PSI subcritical or supercritical and the 5,000 PSI? And, you know, that, that, that conversation seems to be part of it. But, um, Eric, I want to take a quick break, and I, I want to come back and, and kind of ponder that question a little bit. You know, what do you, what do you see as the primary differences between, you know, low-pressure supercritical and high-pressure supercritical? So let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about that. We'll regroup for more Mission Supercritical after we hear from our sponsors. Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back to Mission Supercritical. Today's guest, Eric Goddard, Assistant Lab Manager for Terrapin Care Station. So, Eric, in the uh, the first segment there, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of your transition into the uh, cannabis space uh, as, as, you know, well, you started out as a plant pathologist, but then, you know, we, we quickly led into the extraction parameters on your 5,000 PSI double 20 there that you have at, at Terrapin. Um, you know, one of the questions that we get a lot is, is you know, what's the difference between supercritical at 2,000 and supercritical at 5,000? You know, and, you know, the answer is that the CO2 is a, a stronger solvent. But, you know, what do you see as, as an operator, you know, actually running the extractions at, at different parameters? What do you see as the difference between, you know, kind of the low-end supercritical and the high-end supercritical? A consistency of a final output um, for the crude and um, like how much um, winterization wax you get between that filtration step and going back into ethanol evaporation. Um, mm -hmm. Those are probably the two biggest parameters. And, you know, if there was, you know, need to make some intermediate changes to your procedure and your SOP, then so that's where I'd start playing around with, 
lower pressure. Right. So if you if you find that that for some reason, if, if for instance, if you find that you don't need to bring out as many fats and waxes because um, you know the, the material doesn't have as many cannabinoids in it as you want, right? Or it's lower quality material, and, and maybe it's uh, it's okay to leave a few of the cannabinoids behind. Or perhaps, you know, if you want to finish with ethanol, right? So you do an initial CO2 extraction, take that same plant material, and then finish it with ethanol, yeah. right? You know, that could be a, another another approach. Um, but so, you know, when what's the implication? Um, you know, there, there, let me ask you this way. At, at Terrapin, what's your guys' primary product uh, categories? What are, you guys, what are you guys primarily making as a, as a consumer product? Um, vape cartridges and then... Um, we have applicators, you know, it's basically squeezed pure distillate that comes out of a, a syringe type application. And um, we make tinctures and we have capsules. And um, that may be it right now. And we've got some more exciting products coming down the line that uh, we hope that people stay tuned in for. And um, everything that we have is in different milligrams, you know, and we have different, you know, ratios of THC to CBD and a uh, pretty good myriad of items to um, help affect uh, people with that require them for anticonvulsants and for all the different right, the, of the 17 yeah, so different guys, serious ailments that the state needs. Yeah, you guys are, you guys are, you know, you're, you're helping the patients of Pennsylvania, right? And, and yes, that's, uh, you know, that's the, that's the noble cause that we're all undertaking at this point in time in the medical market. Um, but you know, there's there's still a business to be run. There's still differentiation, right? When you when we look at your your kind of product lines here, how do you guys differentiate yourself um, on on you know the vape pens or the tinctures? What what uh, what do you guys do that makes them better or different than you know the competition that's out there? Um, that's a great question. Um, we're all cannabis derived. We everything that we have in our materials we we extract from and then other than that the only the only thing you're getting inside of a, a tincture or a capsule is 100% organic coconut oil and mm -hmm. so so we don't have any other byproducts besides what would have come off of cannabis and right. since we're using you know really clean ethanol and a CO2 extraction then that's uh, that's a higher grade material for for the user, and then of course we really dial in our SOPs. So everything on the back end in our laboratory is coming out at a, I would say, a consistently high value. So you you start with with you know good processes, good equipment, but you know I think a really key point of what you just said is you know the consistency that you're able to produce as a result of you know kind of what I call your discipline, and and making sure that the SOPs are are well-written, well-researched, well-thought-out, and more importantly, well-followed every time you do it. That makes sure that the patients get, you know, the same product or the same vape pen or the same tincture every single time when they go to a dispensary, you know, regardless of whether it's today, tomorrow, three months, or three years from now. And that's important for a patient because it makes sure, you know, if they've got an ailment and they've found a solution, if that solution's constantly changing on them without them knowing about it, then you know that that makes their experience that much worse, right? And so you know I think that's one of the things personally that I've seen through your operation is that you know you guys are are very disciplined about making sure that the product is consistent every single time, 
and as you develop new products, you've got these SOPs that you know you're you're following, and and you know that's that's really important to the patients. Take me through, you know, as 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 you and 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 Terrapin are going through kind of the development process. Take me through how you how you guys actually will process, um, say for instance, a vape pen. You know, start with the the plant material and load it into the extractor. Take me through that process. Um, obviously, don't divulge any IP. I'm not looking to give away secrets here. But you know, I think there's a, a general process that most of the people who are listening to this program would be interested in hearing. Um, first off, I'll say that we have a, a really excellent staff and camaraderie throughout our facility. So, as items need to change and SOPs need to change and, and we go through the work order of what we do. Um, if it wasn't for the teamwork that we have over here at the facility and through the company as a whole, none of that would be possible. Um, and um, secondly, I guess, um, you know, we, you know, you have to grind and, and come into the CO2 extraction and it depends on, you know, whether you're doing a terpene pool first or whether you're doing a, just going straight for crude and, you dial in your parameters on that. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. What, when do you make the choice? Why, why would you choose to do one versus the other? Based on the type of flour that, that we're using is when we'll pull terpenes versus just making straight crude. Right, so, so, if, it's so if, desi- if, it's, if it's not a desirable terpene profile there you go. That, um, for smell, flavor, and then also more than that, medicinal value in the specific terpenes that are the constituents of that particular plant, then we'll just leave those and right. And, and it's important important to note that right. And it's important to note that you're you're extracting the terpenes to ultimately get added back in, or you're separating the terpenes. I guess is probably a better way to say it to ultimately add them back into either the winterized formulation or the the distilled formulation later on down the road. So you know those, yeah. those terpenes become the flavor pro- flavor profile of your vape pen, right? Which is why you, know, I, I, you don't need necessarily to extract the, the quote unquote undesirable, I like that word, the undesirable uh, profiles. Yes. And you, you find some similarities and um, between some plants, so you, you start to figure out which ones you can blend if necessary and, and in order to give a, uh, again, a stronger medicinal value and, and flavor profile all at the same time. Right. Um, okay. From there, you've got, you've got your terpenes separated for adding back in later, as you mentioned, and, and of course, you've got your crude separated, and that needs to be winterized, and, and that's uh, basically a freezing process that helps to take away the fats and the waxes that are inside of the plant material that come out through the CO2 extraction. Um, from that point on, it's filtered and then you have to take the ethanol back off of it. So there's any number of different um, methods that you can use for that. And so we use a, an ethanol evaporation distillation type procedure. And that comes out to a uh, material that um, can be decarbed and then put into the uh, distillation unit. Perfect, perfect, and and so that's that's vape pens. But you know, you guys obviously you mentioned you had a, a syringe, that same oil, right? That winterized oil um, that can be utilized in a in a syringe applicator that can then be used either by patients to put into you know things like tea, or they can cook with it, or you know what other kind of applications do you, do you see people using for the syringes? 
They can. That's really actually one of the most versatile. And again, that's just um, that product right there is essentially pure distillate. It's it's what would be inside the date the vape pen minus the terpenes, right? And you can take that oil and and it's really one of the the better values for the buck to tell you the truth because you can make your own tincture out of it if you want to and decide what concentration you want and mix it with your own coconut oil um you can cook with it um somebody can you know if you want to you can people can put it straight on a on a cracker just a tiny little drop of it and if they understand the the dosage of it which is uh regulated with our um, jupiter applicators that just give you an exact dialed in dose every time so you know exactly how much you're getting, how many milligrams are in it. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that an advanced and or, you know, just slightly educated, even new patient can use the applicator to make themselves a whole variety of products from the applicator because it's right, pure distillate. Right. And, and you had kind of a key point there that, you know, it's it's pure distillate. And uh, you know, dosing becomes important. I want to. Uh, we're going to take another quick break here, but when we come back, I want to. I want to dig into a little bit to, you know, why you said a syringe with pure distillate in it would be the biggest bang for the buck. So uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about that. We'll regroup for more mission supercritical after we hear from our sponsors. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z dot com. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and a Approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Retail sales of medical and recreational cannabis in the United States are expected to hit 8 to $10 billion. Are you ready to invest in the fastest growing business sector in America? Then you have to check out the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, Phoenix, October 4th through the 6th. Open to the public. This two-day conference will focus a wide range of sectors, including healthcare, law, politics, sports, and numerous investment opportunities for entrepreneurs and startups. Hundreds of exhibitors will showcase their products and services to medical patients, caregivers, mainstream consumers, and business-to-business professionals. Join us as we merge business, education, and entertainment with thousands of attendees at the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo in Phoenix, October 4th through the 6th. For more information, go to usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical, only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back to Mission Supercritical. Again, today's guest, Eric Goddard, Terrapin Care Station. So, Eric, you know, right before the uh, before the break there, we were talking about, uh, you know, kind of the, the versatility 
of your syringe products with pure distillate in it. You made a comment that it's uh, biggest bang for the buck for the consumer, for the patient. Why is it? Um, so the applicator, and we use applicator because we don't want to confuse people that they think that they're getting a syringe where they're going to be injecting something. And because it doesn't have a needle, it just comes out of the out of an end orifice that squeezes out um, about a grain of rice at a time. And that one grain of rice has a pretty effective dose. For and then so you could squeeze two grains of rice if if you so wish. So it, you can adjust based on your tolerance. And um, you know so when you get one of those, if you decided you wanted to make up your own tincture bottle where it's a little bit easier to dose and say you don't want the amount of milligrams that is in what you get from one grain of rice from the, the, the drop that comes out at the end, then you can dilute that down to five milligrams or 10 milligrams or whatever, whatever that patient or that individual wants as their proper dosage. Right. But um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as the applicator, though, you know, it's got... Uh, because it's distillate, you know, it's got pretty high level of, of cannabinoids, right? THC in it, right? Um, what, what do you guys typically uh, sell a syringe? You know, half, half gram, full gram uh, measurements, and, and how, many, uh, how many milligrams of THC, or what's the, what's the percentage of THC in that, in that applicator? We're half gram, and we're uh, usually around 500 milligrams. Okay. So you know, half half gram, five hundred milligrams of that is 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 THC essentially, right? Um, and yeah, and there, there's always going to be some uh, some secondary, tertiary, and quaternary uh, cannabinoids hanging mm -hmm. out in there just because of the distillation process likes to um, likes to purify those compounds and starts to throw percentages of CBG, CBC, some CBN, some THCV, and um, so you'll you'll see those starting to show up as well. Right, but because it's got a you know a higher percentage of THC per you know half gram compared to a uh, a tincture or a capsule, right? That's where you're suggesting that it's a bigger bang for the buck, um, because you know yeah. it, you, it's it's like buying in bulk essentially, right? But you know the, the the drawback to that is the the patient has to understand dosing, right? They can't just take a pill and and go to bed and call it good, right? They they actually have to dose out how much they're going to take and understand what the implication of you know two as you call it grains of rice versus one grain of rice is going to be. Yeah, going to be very different. Right, right. All right. So so changing topics here just a little bit. I want to I want to kind of pick your brain. You know, you spent a fair amount of time in Jamaica, right? You know, several years. Um, you know, and you know, what's the difference um you know, for for, you know, somebody like me who doesn't spend a lot of time in Jamaica or, or for that matter has never been there, what's the difference? What do you see in the as the differences between, you know, the medical cannabis market in Jamaica versus the medical cannabis market in Pennsylvania? Um well, Cannabis in Jamaica is, is a part of their culture. It, it has been for a very long time, and, and you can't, like I said, you can't shake a stick at a tomato patch and, and not accidentally hit a cannabis plant. <laughs> so and I'm not saying that that's, you know, ever-present and always true, but it's a huge part of their culture, and um, so it's, it's perceived very differently there. Um, there is... You know, it's finally been decriminalized in Jamaica, and it's just now moving into its um, legal 
recreational and, and medicinal markets, which I think they've the country of Jamaica is looking at a lot of the same guidelines for those and their testing protocols and and their seed to sale and things of that nature is what the United States are. So on that front, it's starting to come along a very similar pathway, I would say. And is it being and, embraced by the by the people in Jamaica? I mean, I, you know, they've had a relationship with the plant. I'd almost uh, kind of equate it to Northern California, where you know the cannabis culture and the cannabis economy has been around for for decades. Um, you know, in Jamaica, it's kind of the same way. Are they are they generally welcoming the, the additional regulations, or are they not maybe not as interested in it as as perhaps the government might be? Well, I think that there's probably a place for both cultures to exist simultaneously there, um, especially on the on the tourist front. Um, tourists come into Jamaica and they you know don't want to go and buy something on the black market because, you know, for obvious reasons of legal issues and you don't know what, what you're getting. And then in Jamaica, um, a lot of people stay in the all-inclusive resorts because they feel that it's a, it's a safer option, which I'll just say a caveat there. It's, um, if you're staying in an all-inclusive resort, you're not totally experiencing Jamaica, so you <laughs> may feel safer. Yep. Um, and so I say, you know, if you get a chance, get out a little bit. You know, go outside of your safe zone. Keep your head on a swivel. Pay attention to what's going on around you. Take good advice, but experience the people in the countryside a little bit for yourself if you get a chance. Sure. Um, so, um, so anyway, but that that tourist can come in, and now they can legally and comfortably go into a dispensary after they get off the boat, take a taxi over there with one of their hotel shuttles or whatever the case may be, and now they can buy on the legal market. Mm -hmm. And in the same token the regular culture that's been existing under, you know, the decriminalized portion and are perfectly functioning legal by growing in their little, their little garden or getting the amount that they do, however they get it, um, they're existing just fine simultaneously. Interesting. Interesting. So, you know, it really isn't, uh, you know, it is, it is a whole different place, but it really isn't that much different. It's it, it's uh, it's always amazing to me to see how cannabis is kind of transitioning uh, in places where it's never been, uh, or at least never been there legally or, or even accepted culturally, to other places where it's you know it's it's been a way of life and it, it's still embracing legalization. So super uh, super interesting, uh, Eric. Unfortunately, we're out of time. But uh, before we go, if somebody wanted to purchase Terrapin Care Station products. Um, for that, uh, that you know, being made in, in your Apex Supercritical 5000 PSI system, or if somebody wanted to get a hold of you to ask you some more questions about how to experience the Jamaican land, Jamaican landscape or Jamaican countryside, I think you said, how how might they go get a hold? How might somebody get a hold of you, and how might somebody find Terrapin Care Station products? Um, they can find our products at any number of dispensaries throughout the state of Pennsylvania. We are pretty widespread. I would recommend just finding the dispensary closest to you that you want to travel to. And if you have your legal medical card, they'll answer your questions for you and you'll be able to go right over there and, and ask them if they have any terrible products and I highly recommend it. You definitely want to try some of our bait carts right now. They're coming off in, in exceptional quality and um, clean and clear and happy. So that's, that's how I would approach getting a product and 
to get a hold of me here at Terrapin Care Station. I guess um, somebody would be able to access my email or or maybe um, whatever you guys feel is the best suited through your radio show. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, definitely can uh, reach out reach out here to us at Apex Supercritical. We can put you in contact with Eric. Or, I mean, obviously, uh, TerrapinCareStation.com, I think, is a, uh, is a good place to start as well. So, Eric, appreciate you taking a few minutes today to, uh, to talk about your extracting. And uh, it's been enlightening for sure. Definitely, uh, definitely appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Andy. I really appreciate it. Yep, thanks for being on there. For everybody else, look for other Mission Supercritical shows to learn more about Apex Supercriticals, more than 500 customers operating in the cannabis industry today. Hope you're going to join us, and until then, happy extracting. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.